and welcome back to Are You From That Show, the podcast brought to you by Jordan and Hattie. So here we are, it's season four. Hello, welcome back. We're so pleased to have you back with us. So we're ready to share some more amazing conversations with our fellow child actors. Thank you so much for tuning in. So here we are with episode one of season four, and we have the wonderful Chelsea Padley with us. We absolutely love chatting to Chelsea, so we hope you enjoy the episode as much as we enjoyed recording it. Please do give us a like and subscribe to the podcast so that other people can find us too. So without further ado, here we are with season four, episode one with Chelsea Padley. Chelsea Padley started acting at the age of 10, starring on our screens as Louise in the iconic BBC series The Story of Tracy Beaker. She appeared in over 50 episodes of the show, running from 2002 until 2004. Chelsea now runs her own fitness company, FitPeach, that provides online lessons, fitness programs and guides, as well as hosting a YouTube channel, The Peachy Life, where you can follow her journey with her camper van Dora. Welcome, Chelsea. What a lovely introduction. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you for being here. <laughs> no, it's incredible. I didn't know some of that as well, how many episodes I'd been in. So that was, <laughs> that was great information for me. <laughs> well, that's all on IMDb. So I just Brilliant. counted them up. <laughs> Good math. Good Every math. single one. <laughs> well, welcome. Thank you for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure to speak to you guys. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, I think I think one of the f- the first things I'd like to hear from you is how did you get involved in acting? Like, wh- what was that journey like? Wow. Okay, so you're taking me back now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's to be completely honest with you, it's all I ever did as a kid. Um, it started off um, actually with dancing, so it was kind of like the whole um, performing arts situation. I think my brother went to um, a dance, used to go to dance classes, and and I used to kind of wait with my mum, like literally in nappies, and she couldn't kind of stop me. Uh, I was boogie, boogieing away, and I was singing before I could speak, apparently. Um, so and constantly doing shows, and it was kind of a natural uh, thing to go into um, performing arts, I guess. And I started like your typical Saturday school where you do your singing, acting and dancing um, and just loved it. All my friends were in that um, were in that field as well. Um, and then within my local area, so this was in Bognor Regis, a few of my friends um, just joined this local agency, which I, you know, never heard about. And, you know, my family don't kind of come from, from this industry either. So, you know, things like getting headshots and joining an agency was completely brand new to all of us, but it was it was just exciting and just a nice little kind of novelty thing really. Um, so kind of joined this agency and, and literally one day um, I had a phone call uh, to say, you've got an audition for um, the story of Tracy Beaker. That's all we knew and that you'd have to go up to London for the day. Um, and I've been to London before, but we, you know, we hadn't traveled up much um, and my mum 
bless her, I just know would have been super, super nervous getting on a train with me, taking me up there. But we, we made a day of it. Um, and it was just <laughs> a fun day out in London and just amazing to go to the BBC studios, to be honest. Um, so it was completely on a whim. Apparently, um, apparently there was a Louise already in place. And, um, and I, I think if I remember rightly, she turned it down because she had, you know, various uh, holiday booked or something during the, wow. during the series. Um, and, and she didn't want to get her hair cut or I can't, I can't fully remember, but there was already a Louise in place. So this was a really last minute thing. And that's, I think why they went to smaller agents because they'd kind of done the rounds of auditions um, and they wanted to go further afield and just find other kids really. Um, and, you know, let's be honest, I was, I was nine years old when I auditioned and I just, completely looked the part, I think, and was very, very lucky. Um, but I didn't realise, I hadn't read the book, and all I knew was it was the story of Tracy Beaker, so I thought I was auditioning for Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> and I was reading the book on the way up on the train, and I just remember saying to my mum, I really don't think that I see like, <laughs> short black curly hair, like it just wasn't me at all. And then I was like, there's this little blonde kid in it, mum. I wonder if I'm actually auditioning for Louise. Anyway, I got to the reception at BBC and, you know, gave, gave your name to reception and I could see Louise next to my name. And I was like, mum, yeah. right, I'm auditioning for Louise. So I literally, I was completely clueless, um, went into a room um, with the director and producer, read a script for them. They were super lovely and just made me feel, you know, know really welcome because I was probably super nervous little kid I didn't know what was going on and then you know just went off for the day jollied off and, and enjoyed London for a little bit um and didn't really kind of think much of it to be completely honest um and then all of a sudden my world kind of changed a couple of days later had a call I think it was even the day later and I can't tell you how lucky I was shooting was starting two weeks later so I didn't even have to wow. um, yeah, I didn't even have to kind of re-audition. They just needed a Louise. <laughs> I don't think that's much of a compliment to myself. They were just desperate <laughs> to find someone that could read a script that was um, that looked right. But um, but I was thrown straight in the deep end, and and all of a sudden, yeah, I was going up to London to, you know, I remember a, a lady um walking or strutting me and my mum down Oxford Street, getting costume ready, and I just didn't know what was happening. Just they were just dressing me in all sorts and trying loads on and just yeah it was all quite a rush and then there we go I started filming so it was complete whirlwind to be honest. So did you stay living in Bognor Regis and travelled up to do the filming or were you staying over somewhere else? So filming was Monday to Friday and um, it was like a 12 block um, a 12 week block over the summer holidays but obviously some of that was during school time so we had tutoring on set then so for the first season it was filmed in London um in Ealing um in a beautiful in an amazing big house and um so I stayed um with a, a family a family member who was um in Camberley mm-hmm. and and used to get picked up each morning so um mum or dad used to chaperone me and stay with me Monday to Friday bless and then I'd go home um, at weekends and then the other all the other series were filmed in Cardiff in Wales um, so again you know we'd go Monday to Friday um, and then and then we had you know a hotel or apartments or whatever for the rest of the series and then just come home weekends so it was full on it was full on. That's a really long time to film as well at nine ten years old. I know and I didn't think about it at the time because all the episodes are 15 minutes um, mm. but there were 26 episodes per series um and i think when they aired them they put two together 
so it was like a half an hour thing but but obviously yeah there was there was a lot to film um and most of us were kids so I'm sure it was absolutely carnage for them to organize (laughs) oh dear so was the Tracy Beaker one of your very first auditions first ever first ever audition first ever audition I know that's why I just to this day one obviously I'm ridiculously grateful but too very very humble about the fact of how lucky I was because like I say we we, you know this this local agent that just a few of me and my friends got involved in and that's why I was so blasé about the audition and was more excited about kind of a day out in London because in my head I'm thinking this is the first of of many um you know which it was but just never it never expected it in a million years yeah as you say like your mum would come with you to the audition and then stay with you in the week it's such a commitment from the parents when kids get into acting that I think when you're a child you sort of maybe maybe not everyone does but I think I slightly took it for granted that my parents would come with me do what I wanted to do yeah. but actually I look back and think that's that's a lot. That's a big sacrifice for parents to spend part of their week away from the rest of the family, away from their partner. Absolutely huge. Yeah. I've got a brother as well. Who's uh, three and a half years older than me. Um, so, you know, he was, he was at school and, and, and living a normal life. Um, and, you know, my mum and dad have always worked full time as well. So, and I don't think they never would have, would have put it on me or made me, you know, at all. They, they wouldn't have even, you know, they would have done anything and they still will for me and my brother. I've got the best parents in the world. Um, but yeah, now I'm an adult and realise how much they've supported me because they would have taken time out of work. Because I remember sometimes my mum came Monday to Friday, sometimes my dad. And, and that's because they would have had to juggle work around. Um, but somehow, yeah, they are absolute heroes and made it work, <laughs> made it happen. Must have been like a really, really fun experience though for you going onto this set and being having all these things going on around you and having other kids to what well, I guess effectively play with but you know obviously film with yeah. um for that length of time and be away from home that must have been really fun though yeah magical you know kids look forward to summer holidays anyway um and and I seem to have a vacation every single week um and and get to meet lots of different people as well and of all ages as well mm. you know a lot of time with the adult cast and the crew um you know as you guys know on on any form of set you do get really close to the crew as well Mm. Um, and I was um I wouldn't say one of the young there were a few younger than me um but kind of Danny and Moni and and most of the others were always a couple of years older than me so I always looked up to them you know it really was like a a brotherly sisterly gang and everyone you know, you're, you're, whenever you're filming any kind of series or film or whatever production it is, you are in such a bubble that no one else kind of understands at that time um, because it is such an intense filming process. Um, you know, don't get me wrong, it's so much fun. So, so yeah. much fun. Also, it is tiring. And, and also it is, you know, you've got to be on the ball on, on you know, and on it with, with lines, with everything really. But you do just have so much fun. And, and the nature of the scripts of Tracy Beaker as well are just obviously hilarious, you know, (laughs) not a serious kind of drama, is it? We just, it was just, it was just mayhem. And and we could do, we could play pretend what all kids would love to do and get away with. Do you remember what your friends at your school back home thought about it? 
yeah it was it was a really bizarre time um obviously i was in year five i think um if i can get my ages and years right um and a few people knew that i was well people knew that i was going off to film because i had to have time off school so at the, the time they were just jealous that i was off school <laughs> they were like it's not fair um <laughs> but, but it hadn't aired at all then um and it, i think it had aired the january um after that summer and that's when things got a bit odd because then you know all my friends saw me after school as well as at school <laughs> very bizarre and then to make it even stranger i had to change schools for year six because my original school wouldn't let me have time off for the second series so they were like no we can't give you the time off again even though we've got tutoring on set so i had to move schools and wow. um, just time off for year six um so i didn't know anyone and i had to go for just one year for the last year of primary school somewhere else to have time off which was bizarre but they were an amazing school and everyone welcomed me but again a bit strange because i mean i wouldn't say that i was like you know i wasn't famous enough to not be able to walk down the street i've never kind of had that to be honest at the time it was a lot of weird looks like i recognize you from somewhere and you know, people used to be like, are you, are you in my dance class? Or, yeah. you, you know, in a few times in queues, like people would I'd just get the stare basically. So, you know, I definitely haven't had it anywhere like Danny's had it, um, which was quite nice. Cause inside I'm, I'm quite, an, I'm a massive introvert and I'm, if people do kind of, I'd never outright say, if you know what I mean. Yeah. 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 If someone asks, are you, then I'd be like, yeah. But if someone's like, oh, I don't know where you're from. I'd be like, oh, don't know. <laughs> I'm exactly the same I'm exactly the same yeah yeah I I just play along with it to be honest I mean and I just really average face (laughs) (laughs) yeah so um yeah so that was strange and then when I went to um senior school or high school then I kind of went to um a a stage school um in Brighton an hour up the road that had an agent attached to it so obviously you know they're their understanding of time off is completely different when it's when it's around yeah. the performing world so yeah so it was a strange old time at school um but I'm glad I was that age to be honest it was quite so what do you think you were like in terms of ambition for acting because you know once you got this huge job did it push you to want to do more or did you then think oh okay this is what it is I don't know I'm not I'm not so pushy with myself anymore because I've had that experience I wouldn't say I was an overly ambitious child, really passionate. I never had any other hobbies and I absolutely loved all areas of singing, dancing and acting. But I am quite an introvert and I kind of, in a, in a weird sense, followed the crowd a little bit, um, which isn't a good or bad thing because I was super happy and I wouldn't change anything. But because I didn't then know any different, um, and I carried on obviously at this um, at this performing arts school where all my all my new school friends did exactly the same as me, which is amazing. So you've just got so much in common. You've you know, you've got that you've got that bond with everyone. And then you you get to the age where everyone then auditions for the same colleges. Um, so it kind of just flowed that way. Um, and and I just kind of took any opportunity that came my way really um so i was i was ambitious in the sense of in my mind i wasn't ever going to do anything else but it's because i didn't try anything else or know anything else rather than yeah if that makes no, sense. no yeah that makes sense yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely i think definitely makes sense i think 
it's one of those things where you're right. You, even though you're, you're young, you're 10, 11, 12 years old, you kind of feel like it's an odd thing where your life is sort of going down a certain path that maybe you didn't necessarily massively choose, but there are things that are happening and things that happen to you, like getting this huge job that make you sort of think, well, why don't I just keep going down this path that's kind of being forged for me in a way? Yeah, 100%. And, you know, I, I did absolutely love it, but yeah, it was it it just felt natural to carry on and there just wasn't a question in my mind to try anything else and i've i've never really been a particularly academic person either so i didn't have because i know a lot of people maybe get to a levels or college or uni kind of age and go right do i go the creative route or do i go academic and you know get a get a backup kind of qualification mm. of you know but again that that just wasn't for me and I just needed to keep being creative and and just enjoying life that way and seeing where it takes me. Did you take time off from acting at any point? Was there any, I guess if you were at this school the whole way through and then you went to a college, did you then, what happened when you got to kind of 18, 19? So I obviously, I had, you know, various auditions and I had little bits and bobs of jobs, um, throughout my kind of teenage years then your GCSEs obviously come about then college comes about um, I went to a performing arts college for a year but it was very um very dance heavy which I absolutely love but it was never gonna it was never my kind of forte so then I went and uh, to a music college in Brighton and um, so kind of got a bit more training under my belt um still kind of working you know good old panto every year <laughs> Um, oh, I can't beat it, did it? Six years running. Yeah. Um, oh, wow, Chelsea, wow. I know, I loved Panto so much. I'm such a Christmas person as well. <laughs> but yeah. it's, it's such a skill, Panto, being able to do those shows, as many as you have to do in that, that amount of time over Christmas. Six years, did you say? Yeah, six years in oh, a row. Oh, wow. And I went kind of all over as well, which was really nice. Um, but full on, yeah, I, was, I, I remember being 17 and I did a seven or eight, eight week stint in Rotherham, which is a long way away from me. Yeah. Um, I'd only just passed my driving test and I'm <laughs> in the snow. Um, and yeah, sometimes it's three shows a day. Yeah. Um, and it was a really, that was a really intense schedule. Um, but again, it's just this magical bubble panto land. Um, and I, I, I kind of laugh about it because panto is obviously extremely lighthearted and um but it but it was great met, met great people along the way and actually that kind of leads me and I met a, a great guy um and I did some other acting work with him I did some presenting work for good old Barney the dinosaur yes uh, yes <laughs> uh, in Africa as, as well actually which was incredible so I got to visit Nigeria and Ghana and a few places um presenting the live show wow. I know it's isn't it mad what you kind of do how old were you at this point? How old were you? So I must have been 19, 20 at this point. Wow. So when I was 18 and um, so met a guy from Panto um, and he was like, Chelsea, I know because he knew that I wanted to move to London after I'd graduated type thing. And um, and he was like, I've got I've got a friend who's got a spare room in London. It was in like Russell Square as well. Oh, wow. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and it, you know, it wasn't too expensive and it was you know, a small room and stuff, but it was ideal. I literally snapped it up. I jumped at it and I just, I just got myself to London. Um, I think where, when you, when you act, when you're a kid, you grow up quickly. You do, you, you kind of get a head on your shoulders. Um, and it, it gives you a sense of independence, um, and confidence massively. Um, and I think, so then I was always kind of a few years ahead of, of myself, um, <laughs> 
regarding maturity I'm laughing at myself because I'm also extremely immature but, <laughs> but when it comes to life I was, I've always been quite yeah we've talked about that a lot on this podcast actually just having to kind of be around adults and going to work every day and that work ethic you get you do yeah. mature more quickly you do you need discipline uh, yeah. you know and you need you need to be on the ball you need to just be ahead of the game with everything so it massively taught me taught me everything and and I guess school and college as well because yeah when you're training in that field discipline Mm. is one of the strongest things they teach you so um so yeah so at 18 I fully you know moved to to London um and and then kind of did that classic thing where you you grab any job you can that's flexible enough um for auditions I was I was very fortunate to get an agent at that point as well because that is one of the hardest things, not even getting the jobs, getting the agent. Um, yeah. But I did have a, a great agent and, um, you know, obviously was auditioning, but but working as well as and when I could. Um, and yeah, and I lived the London audition life for three years, um, which I absolutely love. Um, I went from Russell Square, then I went up to North London, actually, and, and you know, met some amazing girls and had a had that fab time of living in a house full of girls and just... <laughs> Yeah, just having a great, great time, really working hard because you've got to earn the money to pay the rent in London mm. um, and, and doing whatever you can. But the problem is, as you guys know, as soon as you get to the end of a contract, you've then got to refine that flexible work that maybe isn't your passion. Um, mm. And it can be a little bit, well, it can be extremely tough not knowing when that next paycheck's coming in um, and just the kind of uncertainty of it all um got a little bit just tedious I think um and I think it was at this point when I realized you know what this this is this is a huge passion of mine I absolutely love it but also I don't know if I've got that enough fire in my belly to keep going Mm. um because my goodness you've got to have so much and any of my friends in that in the industry that are still going now and I always tell them keep going keep going um but yeah, so much respect for them because it's it's so hard. And goodness knows throughout COVID as well. I think it's a lot of sacrifice. Um, I think that you have to make in order to, like you said, have a job that isn't permanent, that is very flexible, but also, you know, that goes both ways. And also um, having to miss out on things, like having to miss out on like, you know, whether it's holidays or whether it's going to friends' birthdays and things like that, because you've either got to work or you've got to prepare for an audition it is a big sacrifice to make. Yeah. Um, and I think that is something that you eventually have to decide whether it's for you or not for you. Yeah, absolutely. And it's always going to be kind of in me. I think it's just ingrained in me now. Um, I, I then kind of, I fell into the fitness world, which I absolutely adore. There's nothing better than, you know, I have to maintain a healthy lifestyle myself so it helps me it helps my mental and my physical health but then so rewarding helping other people as well Mm. so you know it's 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 an amazing you know career that I'm doing now that I am super super passionate about but I also feel like there's an element of performance to it as Mm. well where you're teaching a class I still feel like you know there is that little bit of performance especially you know with great music in the background and you know lifting people's spirits and and just yeah 100 yeah energy so even though I'm doing doing something completely different there is part of me that feels you know like there's something there and the same with social media you know you know I, it we all have a love-hate relationship with social media but I am 
a big lover of it. I'm, I'm extremely grateful for it. It's, it's advertised both my businesses for free for me. Mm. Um, but I've been able to be creative on social media as well and interact and engage with people that mm. I never would. And especially, you know, throughout this really tough time with COVID, I, I live on my own. And, you know, I was lucky enough to be in a support bubble with my mum and dad because they're only up the road. But without social media and without TikTok, and I know it all gets a bad name, but I think it's if you use it correctly, it's great. So many people that I've followed have lifted my spirits and then I've engaged with them. And I think it's great. No, I'm with you on that. And I think I actually feel very lucky to be the age I am now with social media as it is because I do have not official but I have rules in place for myself if I know I'm sitting on my phone too much scrolling in my bed or something at night time um but I love it and I watch a lot of you Jordan knows this as well I watch a lot of YouTube I watch a lot of um insta stories and I I can happily sit there for a long time watching stuff but Mm. I'm glad I'm yeah in my I'm 32 and I'm glad that I'm a bit older than if I'd been 16 I think I would have potentially had a different relationship with it it's very influential isn't it well you know it's full yeah. of influences and I'm grateful that I never had it at school um mm. and I think the older you get you know how to protect yourself you've got a barrier haven't you whereas maybe when you're younger you um you're influenced um in a different way so and I try and, and try and tell this to because I, I do have quite a few people a bit younger that follow me probably because of because of beaker which is mad because the fact that it's still repeated and that people it is it is yeah i'm like you probably weren't barely born when i (laughs) no you wouldn't have been that's crazy but um but i really try and push out there you know protect yourself it's up to you who you follow it's up to you who you watch Mm. so if they don't if they don't make you feel good about yourself just just you know, ignorance is bliss. Get rid of them. Mm. Even if it's me. And I say that often, you know, I'm, I used to be a massive people pleaser, um, wanting to be everyone's friend and wanting to be liked by everyone because we're humans and that's a natural thing, isn't it? Whereas the older I get now, I'd rather much, I'd much rather be completely myself, my authentic self and not be everyone's cup of tea because that's just human mm. nature. And I think it's beautiful to have, you know, rather than having the same opinion as, as everyone else on whatever ma- subject matter it is, you know, having your own and, and being okay with not being liked. Um, so again, it's protecting yourself from your engagement as well. If you do get mm. trolls or whatever, I'm quite fortunate. I don't get too many, but, but I still get, I still get a few and, and it's, you know, it's, it's only natural to hold on to the negative ones, but yeah, you're right. The older we get, the, yeah do you do you ever feel a lot more responsibility because you may have fans that are tracy beaker sort of watching age and do you obviously they would have you know whatever their age whether they are your age or whether they're younger and watching it now but they obviously probably look up to you as a bit of an idol because you were you know in their favorite tv program so do you think that you feel like you have to almost give back to them almost in a way kind of yeah it is definitely in the back of my mind um and it's that balance isn't it between you know it's your platform it's 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 you you can put up whatever you want to and it's great to be authentic to yourself but but also yeah it's it's protecting your followers as well so there's definitely a fine line that I have to be careful with um I'm a very sarcastic person um I've got a bit of a strange sense of humor. 
Um, I'm a little bit bonkers sometimes, and I I do like a swear word, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't say it with aggression. I say it with passion, and it's just my sarcastic sense of humour. Which, if someone doesn't get me or doesn't know me, will will you know? Like I say, I can't be everyone's cup of tea, and I'm okay with that. But yeah, there are times when I think, oh God, oh oh oh, you you, you get nervous about what you've posted or. And then I just think, ah, oh, I'm, you know, <laughs> I, I know that my heart is in the right place. I know that I'm a good human. Um, and I, my, what I, my purpose in life, this sounds bonkers, but I genuinely feel like my purpose is to make people smile. And that's what I try to do. And even if it's not everyone, I get so many messages and responses of people, you know, saying that, that I do make them smile. So that <laughs> makes it worthwhile. And then I can breathe again that what I've posted isn't too bad. Yeah, I love your content. I love your, um, your Instagram is fantastic. I was having a look at it yesterday. But also I was watching your YouTube videos about the camper, Dora. Yes. Those are lovely. See, that, that's a perfect example of, I think, someone who is an actor being able to present a, you know, a YouTube video that's really lovely and clear and you feel like you're friendly. I feel like the acting is coming through in that. 100%. There is no yeah. way you know, there's, there's various times I've had to, you know, speak on stage. I've got a, a business with a nutrition, like a supplements company. And whenever there's a training event for that, I often get asked to kind of MC it, mm. um, which is just such an honor for me. It's, you know, and do you know what presenting is something that I've never done professionally. Um, and that's kind of the one thing because a lot of people ask me, would you ever do acting again? And I'm one of those people. I'd never say no to any kind of opportunity. I'm not, I haven't got an agent. I'm not actively seeking acting work. Um, but if, you know, I'm, I'm totally, I'm one of those people that always looking for signs. Um, you know, I love a change of routine. I love, I love getting out of my comfort zone. So I'd always say yes to an opportunity. However, I think presenting is the one thing that if I, you know, did ever get kind of the fire to go for it again, I would love, love to do it because I, I'm now obviously older, uglier, and I'm intrigued about, you know, I'm intrigued about the world. I'm intrigued about people um, and asking questions and, you know, even doing things like this, it's, it's, I just, I just love it. I find it really interesting. So that's one thing that, yeah, I would absolutely love to get into. And it's, it's helped so much with any form of social media and YouTube. It's kind of, um, it's strange because I'm, I'm, I feel like a lot of people we've spoken to have really struggled with social media because they would have from a young age have been on television and have spent a lot of times, like we said, sort of trying to almost sort of shy away from the fact that you probably were that character. And if people came up to you in real life and said, oh, are you that person? You'd probably go, oh, you wouldn't, you would never confirm it. You would just sort of like go along with it a little bit. So then when it came to social media in our sort of like mid twenties, it became, there was a real barrier with it because it was almost like you were putting yourself out there in a way that you, 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 would, you wouldn't have done when you were younger. And it kind of went against almost what you were like when you were younger, which was almost getting away from it. Yeah. It's amazing that you are able to embrace it and you see the positivity in it, which I think is, which is brilliant. Well, I think I was so young when I, when I played Louise, um, that there, then there was a huge gap between there and social media becoming so big. So when I started building my social media platform, it wasn't anything to do with, with Louise mm. you know I built it on fitness um, on funny stupid videos um, relating to people um, and, and just built it that way 
um, and had a, you know, had a bit of an audience. And then every now and then there would be maybe like a, an article online or, you know, one of those things like then and now. And they, yeah, they, Jordan and I know those. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, they pop up every now and then, don't they? Yeah. My mum, um, I think, you know, follows me on Google. So she gets a notification if there's any kind of article <laughs> with my name on it. And then she forward it to me and I'm like, oh God, here we go. What is <laughs> now? So every Thanks, now and then get like an in, a little influx of followers just from you know the odd article or whatever but it's only been this year that obviously um my mum tracy beaker came out and mm. it's nearly been 20 years um it'll be um 20 years next year which is bonkers so there's been this absolute huge influx of of beaker fans that are now fully grown adults not even teenagers mm. fully grown adults that um and it's all been made a very big thing. There's, there's TikTok videos all over the place. And um, the music video came out, which they asked me to be a pizza girl for. And I was living my best life. <laughs> it was great. So, yeah, various interviews and stuff has come up, which is really funny because now people are like, oh, my God, now they're putting the two and two together. Yeah. I've been this kind of crazy fitness person, um, constantly being sarcastic and swearing. And then they're like, oh, but yeah. you breathe. It was like goody two shoes type thing. So I think, you know, if, if I'd use my social media to just kind of be Louise or an actor or whatever, then, then maybe I'd be the same because there's, there's almost more pressure. But, mm. but because I've kind of built it a little bit, you know, as, as an yeah. adult, it's different. I think that's helped. I think time as well. I think one, one thing I actually realized the other week is that I am now you know, 16, 17 years after my parents' ratings finished, I'm now at my most comfortable talking about it. And at my most comfortable, if someone comes up to me and said, oh, are you, are you from something? I would, I'm happy to now say, oh, I was in this show. Whereas previously I wouldn't. Previously I didn't want to talk about it, not really. Why, Why do we do that? I was frame. It's so bizarre. It, I, I don't know about you guys, but maybe I was always so conscious of people being jealous and people treating me differently or I was so conscious of being I'm, I'm, I would never be arrogant I'd never be a, a big head because that's my biggest pet peeve in, in other people but I was so conscious of, of it that I just wanted to, to talk about it less and mm. I was exactly the same and yet this this year when it's all come up it's the first time I've ever watched it mm. first yeah. time I've ever watched mm. speaker because people started saying to me you know Oh, what's your favorite memory? This was my favorite scene. What's yours? I couldn't even remember the scenes. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought, you know what? I'm going to sit down on my own because I can't do it with other people around. <laughs> yeah. You're your own worst critic, aren't you? Yeah. I thought, I'm just going to sit and I'm just going to watch from, because it's on BBC iPlayer. I'm going to watch from series one. And I was crying with laughter. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Like 10 year old. It just, it just, yeah, baffles me. And it's, and yeah, so now I'm, I'm so much more comfortable and, you know, I've always been proud of it. I've never ever been embarrassed, but I think people have think I've been embarrassed before because I've not watched of, it, been, not watched it and like not wanted to talk about it and blah, blah, blah. But it's not embarrassment at all. Super proud. I, I think one of the things also is because maybe, maybe the, I'm different, but I, I now realize what a huge achievement it was, whether it was via a sort of a lucky break or because I just looked a certain way or because I could say lines and whatever, but it was a huge achievement to do something like that. Mm. So young. And I think now I'm looking back on it, back on it. And like I said, now you're now fans of the show are older 
and they can still show their appreciation for it. You're like, that's amazing that you have spent the time to set up a dedicated Instagram or Twitter to that show that mm. I was part of. And you are now sharing all those memories that, and how they affected you and how they helped you and what you remember, what made you laugh and how you're analyzing it. I'm like, that's incredible. And I only want to be a part of that now. Yeah. You know, your nostalgia, isn't it? And that's, mm. it brings back such lovely memories to a lot of people. Um, and we've, we've got to embrace that as well. And you're right. You know, I didn't take it for granted. I knew I was a lucky kid, but I didn't realize how lucky I was. You do, there is, there is definitely a part of you. I will admit it. There's a part of you that assumes it's going to kind of carry on and be that easy, especially when you've got that big break on your CV. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden a few years pass and you've, you're now 16, 17, or, you know, now I, then I was like covered in acne, got my braces and all of a sudden I wasn't getting jobs. And I was like, <laughs> I've, just, I've got BBC on my CV. Um, we won't queue anymore. And then other than Panto, because they love a Panto leaflet and putting your name on that. Yeah. They don't care anymore. They, yeah. they couldn't care less what you were in when you were, when you were younger. And it's, you know, you're starting afresh basically. And it's really hard. And I remember it was towards the end of living in London and I was, there weren't many auditions anyway, to be honest, but I just, you know, wasn't getting any work. And, and I got down to the final stage of, um, I think it was a live tour of Peppa Pig. Um, and I got, and I was so, you know, I was excited for a job, you know, it doesn't, you yeah. know, I'm not undermining that job at all by saying this. Cause I, you know, I would have been grateful for anything, but I didn't get that job. And I was so devastated and I just kind of looked at myself and I was like, I'm so devastated about like not wearing a Peppa Pig costume. Yeah. You know, like, you know, you just think like, yeah. what has life come to? Cause you do, um, you, you get so kind of absorbed in it all. Um, and it all, it all can get on top of you a lot, but, um, yeah, I was very lucky. <laughs> I think it's a very hard life to leave. Um, and, and, and not always like you, <laughs> I'm sure you agree. You spend your, you spend this time as a, a youngster on on sets and people doing things for you and and people looking after you and every every need that you want is being looked is being looked after and then to come away from that it's hard to 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 not look back at that and go well that's I was doing that when I was 11 12 years old and if I'm now you know early 20s mid 20s late teens and and I'm not getting that like what is it's hard to adapt to that. It is. And it's what people expect of you as well. Mm. Uh, because they, you know, because you do well as a kid, they, they expect you to be mega successful and they expect you to be some star. Mm. And, and it's hard. And, and then when you change careers, and again, my parents never in a million years would ever want me to do anything that I, you know, wasn't happy with they'd support me in absolutely anything but there's still that part of you that's like the amount that my parents must have gone through my entire life Mm -hmm. doing all this training you know supporting me taking me to all these auditions um you know helping me out when when there wasn't work and I couldn't quite make rent or whatever you know they your parents always there and then all of a sudden you go oh yeah changing career and there's definitely a part of you that thinks you're letting them down yeah no, they just want you to be happy. It's not like that. There's, yeah, there's that part, that insecurity in you as well. That, and it is hard. And, and I always say it to people who change careers now, I'm like, you're brave. You know, mm. you're brave to carry on, but you're also brave to change if that's the right path for you. Because um, finding something new is, is scary as well when, it's, when you don't know anything else. 
Absolutely. And when people, when people see that as your identity, yeah, I'd, I'd find it really hard to go away from being an actor, mainly because people will turn around and go, oh, but you're an actor. Like, but, and, and when you've had that since you were nine years old, eight yeah. years old, how do you shake that? Yeah, even, even to this day, the amount of people that say, are you going to do any more singing? Are you going to do any more acting? And, you know, I know they only, they only mean it from yeah. a different place, but part of you is like, well, I am, I am more than that. Like, I, I, I can do other things. I have other passions now. And, you know, if I, if I want to do that, then maybe. But, yeah, but that's like you say, that's your identity. That's what people know you as. And, and they only mean well by asking. But it does stick in your head a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, it does I hear you. <laughs> Definitely. Well, Chelsea, thank you so much for coming on this podcast. Thank you for having me. This has been lovely. I can't believe the time. It's fun. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> we have that with a lot of our guests, actually. If it wasn't for COVID, we'd love to be meeting up with people and actually yeah. having a coffee and sitting and, you know, yeah. in life and being face able to talk. To face. What's yeah. that? <laughs> <laughs> what is that? I know. Well, thank you so much for coming on. No, oh, incredible. It's lovely to meet you guys. Thank you to Chelsea for coming on the show. And thank you to George for providing the music. You can find him at soundcloud.com forward slash George. That's J-A-U-G-E. Tune in next week.